Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect to yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Hello, sisters. Oh, I'm going to restart that. Hello, sisters, brothers, and non-binary listeners to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast. We have a very special episode for you all today for International Women's Day, and we have some of our favorite women uh, here to join us. So we have Marlene Cipriani, Alicia Wrights, and Samantha Bendo. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We're so excited to have um, strong and empowered women to discuss um, a very special topic that's near and dear to us, especially um, with us being a sisterhood, talking about um, International Women's Day is um, something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. So thank you. I feel like we have an all-star lineup today, so thank you for agreeing to be with us again, and Samantha for the first time, but we'll be seeing you hopefully next season too. Excited. All right, so let's get right into it. So we are celebrating International Women's Day today, and I know like for me personally, I had never heard of this holiday. The first time I heard of this, this holiday, this like day to celebrate, was from my friend in university, and she's from Bulgaria, and they celebrated it in Europe, but we, I had never heard of it here. And this was just 15 years ago. And it was a big deal to her. Like she wanted to go out and celebrate, wanted to go out to dinner. Um, and so now it is something that we acknowledge as women and, and uh, a day that we celebrate and we honor one another and all the women in our lives. And it's just so beautiful. So I guess I'll start off um, just kind of discussing in general, what does being a woman mean to you? I mean, we're celebrating us today or people that identify um, as female. So what does being a woman mean to you? Who's going first? (laughs) (laughs) Alicia. Oh, I'm, oh, okay. (laughs) I, honestly, I think that was the hardest question on the list because it means so many things. It can mean whatever, it can mean something different to everyone. And, uh, you know, I I, I really, that was the one that I looked at and I'm like, I hope they don't ask me that question because I don't really even know what that means because I I don't know that that's, um, it's, it's not an easy one 
to define. For me, it's just, you know, to, to be a woman is to um, step into my power and empower other women and female identifying people and um, allow them to be whoever it is they want to be. Um, I, I think there's been a little, a little bit too much where um, of women judging other women and telling them what they should be or shouldn't be. And uh, that, that is, is something that um, divides us. And I think that the time for that is over and the time for us to unite. Also, I just wanted to say, I didn't know that um, we didn't celebrate this the whole time. It's, it's not often that you hear Eastern Europe is doing stuff like that before we are. Like, that's pretty, yeah. That's yeah. Really like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. I would say for me, when I, the first word that comes to mind, like you said, Alicia, it's so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, I think independence, because for me, um, that's probably what I fought for my whole, my whole upbringing, um, coming from traditional backgrounds of like, woman does this, man does this. So for me, when I think of that, definitely taking your power is huge, but independence just knowing that I can also do what a man does, maybe differently, but that I can have independence. I can work, I can drive, I can pay bills. It's literally like just the basic needs, right? Whether I'm married or I'm single, it doesn't matter. I wanna be able to have my independence and know that I can do something, not feel completely lost if I don't have a man in my life. I would say that would that's being a woman to me. I think I, I thought the same thing. I, I Instantly when I read that question, I thought of just all the different hats that women wear, like the different, like if you decide to be a mother or you decide to be a, a business owner or you decide to be a stay-at-home mom or something like that, that was kind of what came to me is that there's so many different uh, hats or different roles that we can all play, which is, is great. But yeah, that's a very hard question. <laughs> totally. I know. I and like, I, even like putting that one down, I'm like, mm, how do we even answer this? I'm like, you know what? Let's just like go big or go home. Like we're going to start with this. One. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Great. I love that you brought that up, Samantha, though, because that's exactly what I was thinking is wearing like multiple hats, having all these different roles. Like in modern day society, women are no longer just homemakers, right? We're homemakers. We were children. We go to work, like we work for other people, we run our own businesses, we're single mothers, you know, running entire households. It's I feel like our, our idea of what a woman is has changed so much drastically over the last, you know, 70, 80 years. We do it all now. <laughs> we really do. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. So like, we do, we do definitely wear a lot of hats. And it seems like that's just kind of like quote unquote normal that women are expected to like be the homemakers plus like now pay the bills plus do all this stuff and I love that we kind of have this sense of I don't know when I'm listening to all of you I just think of like rock stars like empowerment like that sense but so it's it has become kind of normal like you said within the last I don't know I would even say within the, like the last 30 years 20 years like hasn't been that long since things have really started to change, but, um, so if we want to say that this is becoming more acceptable or like our idea of 
like what a woman is becoming more acceptable. Like, what would you guys say to people who make the argument that like, we don't need to celebrate women. Like, why do we celebrate women? Like we don't celebrate men. Why do we have to have an international women's day? I, I would say these are the same people that are like, why don't we have straight pride? Why don't we have like white people day? And I would answer to that because y'all have never had to fight for shit. <laughs> That's why. Mm-hmm. And we need to celebrate International Women's Day because we have had to fight for where we are now. People like the notorious RVG had to fight um, to get us the right to have our own credit cards, to be able to do all the things that we do today. We weren't just handed that. We had to fight for that in various waves. Um, so that's what I would say is that we can't get complacent. We can't get, you know, you just go, oh, well, you know, everything's cool now. But, you know, we celebrate International Women's Day because we are celebrating how far we've come and where we've yet to get to. Mm-hmm. I agree. I also, I also, whenever I think of International Women's Day, I just think of we live in a first world, right? We have all these things. There's so much, like so many places and so many people that are still fighting for rights that, that we have, right? So, yeah. I, I think the actual International Women's Day is that we can all be on an equal playing field all over the world and have the same opportunities because the battle is not dead. <laughs> like even women in the States don't have the same rights that we have right now. Yeah. They're, they're taking their rights away, actually. Which yeah. Is they're going boggling. Yeah. Yes. They're going backwards, which is crazy to think about. We've made so much progress and there's still like the forces that be, the powers that be, the who are technically like they have the majority of the power, but are the minorities in society who are making all the decisions and going backwards and <laughs> well, kind of what Alicia was saying about like how we fought for everything. When I went to a women's uh, networking event um, uh, late this past year um, with Melissa Kelly, actually uh, from Boudoir, um, it was really interesting on the financial part of the spo- of the, sp- the spokesperson there talking about how um, a woman was actually only able to get a mortgage on her own. It was in the 1970s. I know there was an actual date. I had noted that somewhere uh, when I came back from that. That was what I took from that entire night, that statement. And I was like, are you kidding me? I had no uh, knowledge of that. So that's when I realized how long women have been fighting, again, for independence, to do it on their own, to be able to have permission. like. So that really spoke to me. Yeah. Um, if, if it's okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Samantha. Oh, no, I was going to say, I tried to get a mortgage like two years ago. Uh, oh, I guess it was five years now when I was single. And the lady at TD literally told me to come back when I had a husband. So there, there's still, yeah. there's still, oh, there's still some for stigma for sure. Yeah. yeah. What? Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. Awful. that's awful. That's awful. Yeah. But that yeah. comes from their mindsets. Some of them are still kind of in those mindsets though, right? Yeah. Wow. Like make more money, get a better job, like do yeah. well for yourself. Go find a man so he can help provide for you. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I remember like it was yesterday. I was like, oh, okay. 
first wow. time like doing wow. those things too, right? Was she an older woman, like from different generations? No, I I think she was in her thirties. To be honest with you, and it was oh I don't know. I was kind of taken back, right? I was just like, I'm trying to do this thing on my own, like maybe get a condo before the market's crazy. And yeah, that was the response I got. So there's wow. still areas where, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, I read something recently, um, or maybe it was a podcast that I listened to that even medicine has not focused on women specifically Mm -hmm. up until very lately. Like it was basically, this is what men are like. And women are like just smaller versions of that. (laughs) No, nobody autopsied a clitoris until 1999. (laughs) What? Like insane. I remember hearing your podcast. I was dying when I was listening to that. <laughs> you guys were talking about the clitoris. I was like, wow, this is really in depth about women. <laughs> I love it. Like I'm a big fan of clitorises. I just, I, <laughs> oh, so, I know. So they come up a lot. <laughs> I love it. They come up a lot. <laughs> that blows my mind. Yeah, that totally. That recent. Like, <laughs> oh my. Like I have a child that age. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> clearly, so. clearly we've not, as females, female presenting people, we've not always been uh, acknowledged for our differences or our strengths or anything in society. So how do we then support one another as women? And like, why does this make it even more important? Not by telling them to go and get a husband. Yeah, no kidding. Definitely. I think definitely. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Leisha. No, no, no. You no. I was just going to swear. You go ahead. You (laughs) more. I'm sure what you were going to say was way more articulate than what I was going to (laughs) say. So please, Marlene, go. I think for for as women, especially in today's society, I think it's truly they're they're supporting women and there's really truly supporting women um and what you are in front of others and what you're saying about it needs to also be authentic in your actual life because i've um the example of um because we're you know in 2023 and we just finished watching the super bowl all of the stuff that came out from rihanna's um performance and all of the slaying of her after in some ways and it's like here's a woman whether she's pregnant or not, I don't even know the whole story, Um, focusing on how she looks and bringing her down as opposed to saying, look at this woman who's just had a baby, is also maybe pregnant or still, who cares what her belly looks like? A man can be up there, but nobody's focusing on his belly. So just bringing that attention and women actually making comments like that, that is a lack of women supporting women. Mm -hmm. I think it was, it's about embracing her to say, look at the courage she had to be up there and still taking her power and still doing her thing. And she is amazing. But again, you still are going to get all of these comments coming from a negative place as opposed to a positive one. So being authentic with actually supporting women um, and, uh, you know, and like Samantha said about what, you know, the clerk had said to her about uh, the mortgage is like, yeah, exactly. It's about saying like, well, you can do this. You know what I mean? This is what you would need to attain on your own and like giving people more independence in what they're trying to gain. Right. And giving them more support that way. Um, so yeah, authentic support, like 
actual real support. <laughs> I, I just wanted to add to what you were saying because that the negative comments that I, I mean, I, this sound horrible, but I expect it from men almost, which is disappointing enough, but to scroll through and read the comments from women about, oh, it was so boring. It was the worst thing ever. Why was she wearing that? Why was she completely covered head to toe? And she didn't dance enough and she didn't do this. And they're like, she was lip syncing, which she wasn't lip syncing they had a track but she was singing and it's like and who fucking cares she's she's fucking in the air suspended but then at the same time if you go back to the 2020 super bowl everybody talked about shakira and jennifer lopez shaking their asses and they shouldn't be doing that in their 40s and 50s and they should cover up and they should and it's like uh hashtag no winning for Mm -hmm. women like it doesn't matter doesn't matter what we do we're gonna get we're going to get um, criticized for it. So, but I loved that, what you said about authentic support. Like when it comes right down to it, it's the, you know, um, it's such a great point because people go, oh yeah, like, you know, I support women. No, you fucking don't. Cause you say shit like that. So yeah, I hear you on that one. I was so, I was so disgusted by people. I think it was just like a recent example. So mm-hmm. for me, it just kind of spoke out about seeing like, how someone will say they support women, but meanwhile, what they're actually, you know, actually in action saying and doing behind that isn't really supportive. Meaning if we're not Mm -hmm. universally really on energetically that same level, we're always still, you know, going on this kind of, you guys give me the word for this. You're seeing my visual. Like, like a, uh, teeter totter. Yeah, like it feels like we're coming up and then someone brings it down. And then like, yeah, mm. I'm like, you guys are like, Woo, we're drumming. What are we doing? <laughs> Everybody can see us now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's more like, I feel like as women though, like we're so quick to please like Alicia, like you said, I, like I never read any of the comments from the Super Bowl, but like people complaining about Rihanna being like too close. Well, what if she was like, not clothed enough and like god forbid a pregnant woman was showing off her belly like you're damned if you do and you're damned Damned if you don't like like and who are we there to please yeah and why yeah i'll tell you right now rihanna doesn't give a shit what anybody says she does not care (laughs) (laughs) she should be here shout out to rihanna (laughs) hey But that's what makes her taking her power because she doesn't allow that stuff to affect her. And they said authentically, she's like, great. So just more publicity for me. Thank you. You know, so at the end of the day, good or bad comments is all publicity. So you're still just feeding it. So, you know, go for it. Mm -hmm. And why do we, why do we think, I mean, I have my own theories, but why do we think that there are still women not supporting women like why do we think that there are women who aren't their authentic selves one moment and who who say that they support but then show that they don't why does that exist they're not happy Mm, i feel like there's a lot of people that's the only way that people don't support other people is that they're not in a good place mentally themselves and they just want to bring other people down right or they don't know how to didn't they didn't see any good examples and they're like, like, it's no excuses, but I think that if you aren't in a place where you can support someone else, it's, it's probably within that uh, is the problem, right? So, 
I think that's such a great point, Samantha, that, you know, and it's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. And it is something to keep in mind that there are a lot of people that haven't even stepped a foot onto their healing journey yet. And the reality is there are female misogynists out there and they have a lot of internalized misogyny and they are, um, they're dangerous people mm-hmm. and um, we need to recognize them for what they are and call them out and try to educate them and try to help them see that, you know, like uh, politically, I find it so unbelievable that there are so many women um, that align themselves and vote against um, their own interests. It, it's flabbergasting to see that happen. And you think, what is that about? Some of it's about safety. Some of it's about self-preservation. Some of it's about selfishness. And, you know, just like, you know, not all men are horrible. Not all women are supporting their own interests or their own sisters, right? So, um, and and I think that's that's such a good point that people are just not in a good place. And, you know, yelling at people behind a keyboard is, I have found completely ineffectual, but you can have in-person conversations with people and start to change their mind about stuff. If you can, if you can hold steady, and I know I keep invoking um, Ginsburg, but she never raised her voice ever because she didn't have to. You know, so sometimes you need to just have a conversation with someone and ask the and ask the questions. Why do you feel like that? Why do you believe that? Maybe they've never even asked themselves those questions. They've just always been like that. You know. This reminds me of so like I, I now have a, a two month old baby and I can't tell you how many times I've been asked if I am breastfeeding him. Like just from random people. And it's like the the quickest question to ask, like, oh, how old's your baby? What's his name? Are you breastfeeding him? As if if I'm like any less of a mother if he's like formula fed. A leash leash is blowing up right there. I'm wanting to hear what I'm waiting to hear it. I want to hear it. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Crazy. But you like, tell them to like, go fuck themselves? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, of course you don't. No. <laughs> but like, that's like women, like pinning themselves against other women. And like, why? 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 Yeah. Why are we not asking like, are, how are you doing? What's, what oh, supports yeah. do you need? Absolutely. Is your baby being fed? Period. There you go. Are you able to feed your baby? In I mean, of way? course you're feeding your baby. God. Yeah. I think there's so much pressure. I think I, I have a I have a 14 month old and I totally agree with you. I have so many friends that are new moms and like you literally just give birth to a human and you're literally learning how to recope and like structure your life and then there's so much pressure on breastfeeding and it's hard. Okay. Like I, I don't know how many of you guys have kids, but like it is hard and like they don't teach you how to do it. I even had a midwife and like she helped a bit, but there were still challenges with it, right? I had a very big baby. <laughs> I'm trying to carry her and, and yeah, there's so much stress and I've, like it brings women to tears that they can't do it, right? So 
Yeah. Your baby said you are good. You are good to go move on. But even in the hospitals, there's pressure to breastfeed right away. Right. So, um, yeah, it's wild. I, I pump my milk instead of breastfeeding because like you said, it's like so incredibly difficult. And like, I would never try to explain that to a woman, you know, from an older generation, because it's like, there's resentment because like they never had the opportunity to do it because like god forbid something like that was easier for the younger generation Mm -hmm. it's wild or like all the unsolicited advice you've gotten from all of our great aunts and (laughs) (laughs) shout out to the aunts so silly so silly we love you yeah well like you're saying nicole like people just making comments like that um, I come from a different place. Like, yes, I'm married. I've been married 10 years and the difficulties, uh, that we've had and the trauma I face with, um, uh, unfortunately not being able to have a child and, and the loss of, of it. Um, it's, it's not like, I don't want it, but it's the question like, oh, why don't you have kids yet? Or it's mm-hmm. just that automatic, you know, thing. And it's like, well, I'm trying to come to a place of peace with my life that I don't need to have kids to feel whole. And that wasn't a choice. Um, and it's, and it could still happen. So I say this in my, in the moment now, because I, I like to be present with my life more so. So when those comments come at you, I'm like, well, how do you know, I don't want children or how do you know what I've, what I've, you know, what I've gone through. So yeah, I'm very careful with anyone. I never say, do you have children? I just don't even ask that question because I know how that feels uh, and, and what I've internalized when that when that's asked of me. I mean, I'm, I'm in a different place with this, so it's easy to talk about it now, but not before. Mm-hmm. But just in mm-hmm. saying the assumptions we make, whether it's because you're married, whether it's because you're not married or whatever it may be, right? You can be single and you just want to have a baby and you don't want to have a man or you don't know if you're going to meet that someone. And women go out there and they find ways that we know with today's you know world, they can make a baby, they can freeze the damn egg and they can have it whenever they want. So it's just a matter how powerful women are. Because to be honest, we were given this power because we have so much strength to be able to produce children and actually have the pain tolerance to do so. So that's to me how strong we really are because men they (laughs) right I love my husband my husband's very supportive I don't like I don't want to men you know bash any any men but like of course they come from a different place sometimes or how they've been brought up but um you know he empowers women and thinks it's amazing you know what women can you know accomplish nowadays and he's the first one to say way to go you know um and I was brought up with the complete opposite of that but going back to what I was saying is just the fact that um there's just so many assumptions that you're supposed to have this, this, and that, if you're in this situation, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I just yes. think it's so I like, uh, you know, bringing up that it's 2023. I just think that um, n- with everything that we know now, like those are just so such inappropriate questions to ask anyone. Exactly. Anyone. We have more knowledge to understand that, you know, you should be more aware yeah of, of how people might feel or know that everyone goes through different things in life that we don't you can't make these assumptions that well why don't you that's the worst way of saying it none of your business you. well it yeah. really is none of your business why no. I choose 
or not to have kids or whether it's a choice or not, Mm -hmm. right? That doesn't define me as a woman. I think the trauma that I faced from what happened with losing a child, with the guilt that we are feel as women automatically, because we're supposed to produce like in the generations back then, that's what women were about. Like, if you can't produce, then you're no good. It's like, you're just trash. So when I, when you think about it, even as a modern woman, well, at least I feel I am in today's world as an independent woman and a business owner. And, but I still, you know, love my husband. He's my best friend, but at the same time, I still want to be me. I never want to be lost in a relationship. And so in saying that, like, it's just knowing that it felt like I felt defeated. Like I felt like I wasn't a good enough woman because I couldn't produce a child. And I mean, some women suffer with a man to say like, well, it might break their relationship because maybe it it was more codependent. It was based on them having kids and that's how they're going to stay together. I was lucky enough that I met a partner that was my partner for life, no matter what kids or no kids, but I realized other people had different circumstances. So you know, it made me feel at a loss as a woman. Like, I'm like, I can't even, I felt like everything else I do do well, I couldn't do the one thing I'm supposed to do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I don't think people talk to like, don't talk about that until more recently, the struggles with fertility or, or choosing not to have kids in general. I have friends that have chosen that route and, and they always feel guilty when they tell me they don't want to have kids. And it's, it's, I support them. I'm like, that's great. Like that makes sense for you. But there, there's just so many topics I don't think we talk about enough um, to be able to accept them and, and, and not ask those questions that offend people. Right. Um, and shouldn't be asked at all. Right. So. And I think a lot of times people just ask them mindlessly, like Nicole and I have conversations about like <laughs> how sick and tired I am of when people ask me stupid questions, like, Oh, you don't have a boyfriend. Why you can't find one. Like, and then just like oh. <laughs> right <laughs> it's frustrating and and Nicole has said to me she's like you know what people just don't know what else to say like they don't think before they speak they don't think to ask you um like meaningful questions like there is so much you could ask about me but you ask if I have a boyfriend or I used to be in my 20s like why are you still traveling like when are you going to settle down and I'm like I'm completely settled into my life, which is why I can send myself on trips around the world. Like, this is what I'm doing. And it goes back to what Samantha said, though, about people not being happy with themselves, though. Yeah, I think yeah. that it comes from them maybe wanting something that you're still doing. So they're like, well, you should slow down because you really should be in this place in your life. Exactly. Right. And then you, and then you get that feeling like you have Marlene, where like you get yourself to this good place. You're like, okay, you know what? I might not have X, Y, and Z that I'm quote unquote supposed to have, but like, look at what I do have. And I'm happy. And I like to celebrate that. And then one little thing just brings you all the way down. And the worst is when it comes from another woman, because you know, like, like Samantha said that they're probably facing their own struggles or like there's a part of them that you know, maybe misses a part of their life that like you're still living. And, and again, like we all are in circumstance, some of us, like we've all worked hard to be where we are, but circumstances also put us where we are. And there's things that you can't control. Absolutely. That's a good, that we celebrate that we can control. So it's, it's just so difficult and so hard, especially when you hear it coming from other women 
Um, and it does get disheartening sometimes. It does get, but I think that's what's so important about surrounding yourself by uh, or with like strong women and women that are going to support you or um, who can kind of adjust. Sorry, who can empathize? Who have the ability to empathize rather than just question and judge and critique mindlessly, kind of thing. That's that's so true. But I, again, I also think that we need to make people own their shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like when they ask a question like that, you say, "Why would you ask me that question? Why are you asking?" And and make them own that. Put it right back on them and have them think for a second. Like, oh, it's like if you want to if you want to make small talk, which I I absolutely abhor. Ask me about the fucking weather. Don't ask me about my uterus, please. Yes. Yeah, I the activities of my uterus are none of your business. But we should talk about the clitoris because that's more exciting. Yes. We well, yes, yes, we should. That. We should. <laughs> that is always on the table for discussion. If anybody wants to talk about clitorises, I'm there. You want to go a little further north and talk about my uterus? You can move on. No. No. None of your business. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. I've, you know what I, um, obviously this is like a much, um, smaller issue, but I find the same thing with alcohol. I don't drink alcohol, uh, anymore. And I find people say, why, why aren't you drinking? Always. And it's like, you don't know anything about, about. me. I could have a very complicated relationship with, you know, family and alcohol with other substances, you have no idea what you're asking. And, and I just think that there are a lot of people who are just mindless and clueless about this kind of stuff. And so I think not all the time, but sometimes it's worth the time to go a level deeper and say, now, why would you ask me that question? Like, why do you need for me to drink to make you comfortable? Well, I think right? it's like you said, them owning it. And I think that that does need to be like the question back instead mm -hmm. of me even answering that. Mm -hmm. What is your reasoning for asking me mm -hmm. this? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like throw why it Why do you ask? Yeah. I think that's so important. It really does like just turn it on them. And it really does make people stop and think. And then they feel awkward, which yeah. I don't feel bad about because you are no. really mean, making me feel awkward and bad about something I shouldn't be. So and then, and then they'll shift it to the weather. And then they're like, okay, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed and to it's be like, really nice tomorrow. Yeah. Do you know yeah. about the size of the clitoris? <laughs> That's gonna be my line now. When someone asks me something stupid, like, are you gonna settle down? I'll be like, Do you know about the clitoris? <laughs> Do you have you heard the good news about the clitoris? <laughs> Hand out a pamphlet. Open my <laughs> Diagram. That's it. Next next year we're all gonna go door to door. We should we should. <laughs> We would be doing society a great <laughs> justice. <laughs> we would. Good. You know, I have to, I was going to say, as we're talking about like people asking questions and, you know, are you having a kid yet or whatever? I had this conversation with our dad a couple of years ago. And honestly, my parents, God bless them because they're, um, what they know might be traditional, but they are so open to having conversations with us and to learning and understanding and my dad, like he's, he's a dude, he's 67. He's from a different generation. And maybe like 15 years ago now, a friend of mine, or sister had a baby and it had been a couple months that they'd been married. And my dad's like, no bun in the oven, 
no bun in the oven. And I was like, dad, you cannot ask for that when you see her. And he's like, what? It's just a question. I'm just asking. I'm like, dad, you can't ask that these days. Cause a lot of women can't have babies and it, you know, it's hard for them or they're struggling or whatever. And he was like, oh, okay. And he doesn't ask it anymore. He does not ask it anymore. And there's been so many other things like that. Nicole and I have had conversations with him with, and I don't know if it's because he's a girl dad. I don't know if he's, it's because he's a kind person. I don't know what it is, but I do have to give him a lot of credit because that's not the same for a lot of, especially men in his generation. So it is important to have those, those conversations. And, and what a perfect example of, it doesn't have to explode. It doesn't have to be, it's just, Hey, you know, you can't ask those questions because ABC and they go, Oh shit. I never thought of that. Like you said, educating them about it instead of, yeah. And at least, but they have to be open to that shift. Right. Yeah. yeah. Your parents like, sound awesome, by the way. Yeah. They're nice people. They're really good people. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Good genes. Good genes. <laughs> good genes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they're, good. they're really good people. Um, so with all these questions, like these questions kind of, I don't know. I feel like sometimes as women, when you, when you get asked very monotonous, mindless, inappropriate questions, it kind of, I know me personally, like it sets me back emotionally. Sometimes it sets me back mentally, not as much as it used to. Cause now I just don't give a shit. I'm like, whatever, like I'm living my life, go be miserable. I don't care. <laughs> like get a clue and then figure it out. But like, it does, it does jar you. And it's like one of those barriers that we face to like being more empowered and to, I think like making progress as a whole, are there other barriers that you can think of that? Like we face in our everyday life, particularly because we are women, like, is there anything like that you've come across or something that like you consistently come across? And I know actually you're all business owners, entrepreneurs. So, I mean, that's a whole other discussion too, because business has always been quote unquote, a man's world. <clears throat> So what are the, when very- I was in- <laughs> oh, sorry. No, when I was in, when I was in sales, I, I was in sales, like online marketing sales, I would say about, I guess six, I've lost track of my life, but I think it was about six years. It was definitely a boys club. Like when they would, I just, I felt very, very out of place and every other job, I don't think I felt that, but in, in the sales world where there's sales leads, I felt like I was given smaller smaller leads or or just treated differently as a female um and I didn't notice it until I was after like after I looked back on that job I was like oh my gosh there's a lot of like sexist comments there's a lot of like I was probably belittled a little bit more than I even like thought in the moment I I was I think I honestly did that job when I was 21 so I I was very young but um yeah definitely a boys club and I think that I worked harder because of it. Like I, I would just go out there and uh, try to make the biggest sales that were there. And I, I actually did this. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was every day. It was a little bit different. And I always felt like I wasn't given the good leads. I wasn't given as many leads. Um, and I don't know if that was because I was a female or, or what it was, but definitely in a sales environment, I would say that I felt that way. Hmm. I mean, I think Alicia can relate to this because you're in somewhat of the same realm as I am. We just might do it differently. But I, when I started as a trainer, which was 20 years ago, to be exact, at my age now, um, it was all male dominant. There was two female trainers in our club. It was me and some, and, and someone else. Um, and I think the- I know Mia. You know, <laughs> 
Did you say Mia? I said it's, me and someone else. Oh, you and someone else. I thought it was, I thought it <laughs> but was Mia's me, my me and Mia. Yeah, me and okay, Mia. Sir. Yeah, she's okay. my, yeah, she's right. my partner. Uh, <laughs> but in saying that when we were in the club, just in terms of, I would say why I'm in a women's only environment with yoga and fitness now in more of a group orientation is because of that environment. When I was in the gym, doing the training, being influenced, I was also a young trainer. So I'm influenced by, you know, these other, other men and in terms of how to train my body, yes, men and women, me and Alicia might have differences in this, but this is from my experience, from my physical body, from me personally, the way that I was being trained, the way I was being told how to eat killed my body. So why I say that is because hormonally as, uh, um, Nicole and, and uh, Christina might know from our podcast, we did, you know, I'd lost my cycle for a year um, and I became lactose intolerant as I was overloading myself with protein shakes that just made me extremely distended and I broke down my body. So my body didn't respond well to the way these men, you know, would tell me how to be. And so this is why I kind of veered off that entire journey. And I wanted to learn more about women's bodies, women's, we're differently, we're different. Hormonally, we're made up differently. That's going to affect our digestion. It's going to affect um, how we do train uh, or what exercise are appropriate. We're also all different individuals. So I'm just speaking from my personal experience. So I think that was the barrier that I faced in the fitness industry back then, but it's come such a long way, like such a long way in terms of, uh, you know, women training men. And I trained some men back then, but that depends on the actual male and how open they are for a female to train them. Right. But I think that's super empowering when a male is being trained by a female, just because they know their expertise and, and they trust their knowledge. And sometimes some of these men want to be trained by a woman, right. Cause you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's an interesting facet. Alicia can probably add on to that, or at least give a, a different perspective, but that was my experience in the industry. And it's not that I don't like training men or having men in my class by no means, everyone, everybody, but I choose to focus on the niche because I understand what it's like from that experience. Um, I think actually, if I'm going to speak about this, Christina and I have a little bit more in common. Um, and Christina, you can, you can correct me if I'm, if you don't have the same experience I find as a woman in probably any field, but certainly in our field, um, you got to do it better mm -hmm. and you got to do it cleaner and you got to like, I find that, um, as a woman, you have a very small margin of error that is allowed and I find that men in the same position have way more leeway and margin of error and just pure, um, I mean, I'm just going to say it, laziness and just doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And it's fine. Um, that's, that's, that's been my experience that, and I'm not hating on men. I'm not, that's, you know, whatever. Um, that, that is, that is a leadership issue and that is, um, an organizational issue, um, in, in, in certain places. And that's what I have fought against that, um, 
it's like, I don't have a problem doing shit the way it's supposed to be done, but I feel like the rules don't apply equally um, for men and women. Um, the, the, like I say, the, the margin of error is much more narrow for us. And we, it's e very easy for us to get knocked down or people go, oh, see, like, you know, she can't. I don't, Christina, you're nodding your head over there. Yeah, I, I actually, no word of a lie, I was actually thinking about this like two hours ago because uh, I'm organizing something that involves a lot of people mm -hmm. in my care. And I was just thinking, okay, am I on the ball with X, Y, and Z? Do I have everything in order? And I was thinking about a lot of the men who had wanted to help me in this. It's majority females helping me with uh, what I'm organizing, but the majority of men who had asked to help, my first thought was they're not going to be very helpful. <laughs> oh, no, they're not going to be right. Because, because like, they're not going to be very helpful because they just want to join to, um, you know, be a part of the experience. And I also thought, you know, I don't know that they would be that responsible and I don't want to take on that liability. Now, if they were leading this, Thing that I'm organizing, they could be as irresponsible as they wanted, take on whatever liability, and it would be okay. Like, I feel like they would just brush it off, like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, it's fine, whatever. But I feel like I would be crucified. And I actually had that thought today where, and maybe, you know, I was also kind of getting into the mindset of the podcast, but I, I had that thought today where I was like, no, I have to make sure that I do it better because I, I cannot mess up and I have to be responsible. It's not like if a guy is responsible for something, he's just like, ah, it's fine. And everyone just accepts it. Like they just brush mm -hmm. it off. And again, not hating men, love men, but like it is what it is. And you always, I found myself throughout my whole life, like always wanting to compete with the boys. Like I, I've always been very, very competitive, always wanting to compete with the boys because the boys are always the best. The boys are always this, the boys are always that but then it just put me in a place where I'm burnt out because I was so disconnected from my feminine self because hmm. I was constantly, the majority of my life up until the last couple of years, constantly competing in a man's world. And it is absolutely exhausting. And it's exhausting when you're doing twice as much work just to be maybe on equal footing. And it's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's my rant. <laughs> But again, not hating men, love men. <laughs> just, just calling out equality. Like, just mm -hmm, it, is, mm -hmm, it is what it is. Um, so amongst all this equality and, and uh, I feel like I just went off a bit, but that's okay. But <laughs> among all of this, the difficulties we might face, um, you know, some of the stereotypes about women, what are, what have you found to be some of the most effective ways to kind of counteract some of the obstacles we're up against or some of like the negative stereotypes either in your workplace or day-to-day -day. okay I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on this one because uh um it, it goes along the same vein where um I find so my, my um workspace is male-dominated and there's a lot of, um, it, the dynamic seems to be, I'm doing stuff. There's a conversation going on behind me and 
I'm half listening. And there's certain keywords that pop up that jump out. And finally, it's like, all right. And I'll swing my chair around. <laughs> all right, time for school. <laughs> and, and I think that, and it starts with asking the questions. Well, you know, and this woman was whatever, whatever. And I go, and what's the problem with that exactly? And make them explain themselves first. I think um, there are a lot of people who think that feminism is a dirty word. Mm -hmm. And I think it starts with the fact that a lot of people, a good portion of people don't know what feminism means. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that feminism means equality. Feminism doesn't mean revenge. Although I think a lot of women are feeling like, Hey, let's take it there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, um, again, it comes down to educating and a lot of it's shocking. The misconceptions that people have about women, about feminism, about all of these ideas, um, gender politics, all kinds of stuff. And, and I, for some reason, I feel like it's my responsibility to explain these things to people and say, no, 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 no. I think, I think you've, I don't think you have this right, but it, it, it's amazing how much stuff comes up in the workplace or even at my jujitsu gym. Although I find that that is probably the most level playing field I found um, because it's a rank system. And so, you know, it's like, well, if this chick has this belt, like she's obviously, she's obviously put in the work. She's probably put in double the work, but um, I, you know, I, I am always ready to have that discussion. I'm always ready to have that, give that explanation of, no, I don't think you have the right um, idea of what this is supposed to be. And, you know, um, it, it, and it's shocking, like, like when they'll say, well, this woman, she's just too loud. <laughs> okay. Like that's a, like, that's a, like, that's some kind of a, a character flaw that you're loud and, or this one has had surgery and this one's done this and this, and so fucking what, and the, like, who cares? What does that, what does that have to do with you? And I think again, just digging deeper with people and, and I'm fascinated by people. I hate them as a rule, but I, <laughs> I find them fascinating about why they, you know, what motivates them to have the sorts of views that they have. And maybe again, like your dad, they just hadn't thought about things mm -hmm. a different way. And, and what I found is that when I swing that chair around, the other men in my workspace will go, oh, here she comes. Like she's ready. Here's the, you know, we've provoked her enough now. It's like, yeah, you have. And they're really, I find they're really, really good with that. What they don't, what they don't respond to is people screaming at them. And I don't think anybody responds well to that. And when you can, and it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but when you can argue like a man and debate like a man, because what they're going to say, oh, she's so emotional. She gets so, right. But if I go, if I, if I step into my masculine energy and I have my bullet points and go boop, 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 then they go, oh, fuck it. All right. She's got a point. Right. And, and play their game. And that seems to, 
I think I've made some inroads with, with people that are very, very set in their ways as far as their generation, as far as their culture. And those are the two big ones I think that we're fighting against is generational um, ideas of what women are supposed to be and cultural ideas of what women are supposed to be. And um, so, yeah, that's what I would say for that question. I think you answered that fantastically. I think the last thing that you said is that a lot of these uh, issues come from generational uh, generational values and beliefs and culturally. I think the one thing we need to wake ourselves up to is a lot of people tend to think that, you know, the gap in in uh, the gap between genders is not a North American problem, but it is absolutely a North American problem. Like the way women are treated, the, the, the limits that women have, the uh, safety that women lack in society is all a North American problem. And we tend to peg it on cultures around the world, but it is very much a North American cultural problem too. And I think we need to realize that because a lot of people don't. We think that we are so advanced and we're not, <laughs> we're not. That's a good point. Um, but that being said, and, and to go along with what you guys were saying, you know, you, you told us some really good strategies that we could use to, and this actually sounds kind of ridiculous saying strategies to use to get men to listen, but <laughs> really like, like coming out of my mouth, that sounds so terrible. But if, if our goal is um, equality here and our goal is to kind of level the playing field uh, as like feminists, and that's not like man hating, that's not revenge seeking. It's just actually sincerely making it equal for all. Um, what can men do to help level the playing field? What can men do to, to make us feel safe? What can men do to help us achieve equality? Like what are the things that men can start doing to get in on this discussion too and get in on this change? So many things. <laughs> Let's make a list though. Um, I think at least like household duties, I have a partner that is very open to doing, I guess, like female, I guess, things. Um, and I do things that are, are male things, right? But just being open to getting rid of the roles that are associated with households and um, different environments that we've kind of associated certain actions with with your with your your gender, right? So um, there's I know I know a lot of people that their partners aren't as open, and they they really do like the traditional women make dinner, men maybe change the tires or, or whatever it is, right? But just being open to changing their actions and what they, they think a part of. But um, it just depends on how willing people are to make those adjustments and be equal, right? They, they, if they got to want to be equal to uh, bring us forward, if, if yeah. And I think, well, going back to what Alicia said is being challenging them with conversations, though, not with like bickering and like freaking out about how women are treated or were treated, but challenging them in an educated way and in a compassionate way, because we are women, we have a natural makeup that's part that's legit, legitimate and male are it's not even about 
what they were taught, but how we're made up. Like women are from Mars, men are from Venus. Like we can argue that book <laughs> if we like, but it's, it's really is true. There are just some things that are just our natural make. Right. And, uh, I think too, like when, we, when you talked about feminism, um, I, I think to that term has to be understood better because, uh, some men will take it as, Oh, Oh, like you're a feminist. And it's like, what does that mean to you though? When I, when you're saying I'm a feminist, because I have an opinion because, you know, I have my own thoughts and I do my own thing or, you know, what is that to you? And, and w- what is so bad about that? Like it's turning it more positive because I think feminism became this big negative um, interpretate or uh, not perspective uh, on for men like <laughs> oh stay away from her she's a feminist right so it's like okay but what does that mean so how do we now kind of change the conversation uh, change the narrative I think about being a feminist or feminism or you guys know what I mean but like mm-hmm. the title or whatever um, I think that needs to change big time I think that a conversation just about feminism itself will help men maybe understand it better when it's coming from a more again we don't want to male bash because then we're not doing a we're 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 not doing a service if we're just going to say what they don't do right um and there's when very many women who are very happy with and content and legitimately content with being that female ideal women stuff and i think that that needs to be okay too you know if you're content with that, that makes you feel whole and that makes you feel good and you're happy with that, then there's no reason to like shift your mindset unless it's something you want to be challenged by or you're asking for, right? This is where I mean that balance of like independence and then, you know, because I see that in very many different women and I'm not going to expect them to be like, well, you should do it on your own. Well, you should be doing, well, that's not really where you want to go with it. It's like, I've really been thinking about doing this, you know, and I'm just not sure if I can do it on my own. And, and that's where I think supporting women, supporting women, that's where that conversation comes in. Right. So I just think changing the whole umbrella of feminism to men itself will maybe change the idea that it just means a strong, independent woman who has their own ideas, you know, and that we can voice it, you know, um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say too much about this because I don't know who will listen to this after, but um, <laughs> a very, very close person in my life, I still to this day fight to speak my voice and it'll never change. So for me, I don't want to challenge it anymore because it's exhausting and it doesn't matter how low I speak. It doesn't matter if I yell, it doesn't ever, tra- it never transports. So for me, I just accept it. And as hard as this is, is, I keep my mouth shut for my own sanity because at the end of the day, they, they don't deserve to hear my voice. They don't deserve it anymore. So it's actually, you know, the whole thing, silence speaks louder than words. That's become my mantra around Mm. certain people. And when I say that it could be women too, but men specifically, sometimes just like, it's not worth it. I think me not speaking already has given them, you know, um, the challenge. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's interesting when you were talking about, oh, you know, oh, watch out for her. She's a feminist. And my immediate response is, yeah, maybe you should take a couple steps back, <laughs> stay out of kicking distance. Like that would, like if you, at, at this point, if, if, 
if that's what, if you're, if that makes you feel like, oh, we need to stay away from her. Yes, you're probably right about that. And I just wanted to, and thanks for that, Merlin, because, you know, I think that's, you need to know when to just not give your energy over to people that aren't going to hear you. So I, I love that too. But, but, and, and also to address what Samantha was saying about um, gender roles in relationships and why it's our responsibility to teach them, well, this isn't a woman thing. This isn't a man thing. This is just a household thing. Like this is just shit that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And um, Christina, when you were saying like, like what, like, do we need to, you know, educate men and give them a role in this? And we absolutely do. Because if we look back in history, when did, when did civil rights change? When white people started to stand, the non-oppressed group started to stand up and say, hey, this is fucked up. Or when did gay rights and LGBTQ rights become come into the forefront? When straight people said, hey, this, this isn't right. We need to change this. When the group in power stands up and says, no, this, is, this isn't right. This, should, this needs to change. That is the responsibility of the the group that has not been oppressed and and assaulted and murdered and right um and and i think that um i i i think it's so interesting how it's it's like what a time to be alive because so much stuff is being questioned now and and is changing it's this and it scares people this time that we're living in of rapid, rapid social change. People don't know how to deal with it and they're afraid. And that's, that makes them angry and as well. And just, Oh no, 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 I don't want to. But, um, I, I, it, it really, it's an interesting time because it is time for men to understand that they're not helping out at home. They don't babysit their children. That's not how that works. And also going out and working is a contribution to the household, not to a relationship. Mm -hmm. And these are all ideas that have been around for so long and nobody has challenged them. And now we're challenging them. And it's scary. It's scary for the people that have been on top the whole time. It's like, well, what's going to happen to us now? You're some of y'all are lucky. All we want is equality. <laughs> right. So I, I think that is the role. Thank you. I think that is the role that, that men have that, you know, you've enjoyed this, you know, Hey man, listen, I, you know, I wake up every day and I wish for the confidence of a mediocre white man. I, that's all. I, that's all I want. I have a friend who says that all the time. She always says, when I come back, I'm coming back as a man. <laughs> no, I want to come you. back as a dog. When I think about my dog, she's got the best life. I'm like, Mia, I'm going to have your life the next time I come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked everything you said, because it goes back to when you said about the roles, it's exactly that is um, it's like a job. It's like a job description. This is a man. This is a woman. These are your responsibilities. 
Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre to me. So Samantha, um, so what, like while speed dating, so many people will say like, what are you looking for? And I'm like, oh God, here's like a boring question. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't answer. Don't tell it. them. Never tell them because they always try and be that. And like two weeks later, I'm like, oh, and here are your true colors are showing. Um, but my response is now, I always say, because legitimately, I'm like, I'm looking for a teammate. And so many guys have said to me, what does that mean? And I'm like, a teammate, do you play sports? You are a teammate. And, and I've had guys say to me, well, clearly you don't really know what you want if you can't describe it. And I'm like, a teammate. That should be a description in itself that tells you everything you need to know. Like that's a nice, succinct descriptor. I would like a teammate, everything that comes along with it. You're on the same page. You're working towards the same goal. You've got each other's backs or working each working just as hard. Like it's all in there. And it's, it's so interesting that they don't I, understand like that's beyond. Yeah. The, the, like Marlene, what you were saying, the, um, specific roles, the drumming. <laughs> Here we go again with our hands <laughs> drumming. <laughs> it goes beyond the the standard role. So it's like, well, like, what do you mean? Like, clearly you don't know what you want because you can't define for me what you're supposed to be and what your partner's supposed to be. No, babe, I'm just not giving you a roadmap. Exactly. Figure right. it out. And if you cannot understand what that means, just keep them walking. Just it's keep like them walking. it's like they need a Google map for women. <laughs> right? How to navigate. <laughs> A woman's answer. Yeah. Probably one to the clitoris as well. <laughs> Give them that map. Exactly. That map. Exactly. If they need a map, you need not apply. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, this has been a great discussion. I have two more questions that I want to ask. Um, so one is what is one piece of advice that you would leave our female or female presenting listeners with? For I'll go. Um, don't shrink yourself down for anyone. For, don't shrink yourself down for society. Society can choke. Mike job. I agree with that. Be you, honey boo boo. Be you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Love it. 100%. Uh, yeah. I think that's one thing that I've learned throughout the year, the last couple of years, I guess. Like, I always, there's been situations where I've gone in and I'm like, I know I'm the best at whatever this is. I know I'm better than that guy over there who I'm competing, whatever it is. And I've made myself small. And do like, sure, I regret it, but like, I don't dwell on it. I'm moving on from it, but like, I will never, ever, ever do that again. Ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Any other advice? <clears throat> I think, I, I think this has been said over and over again, and it, it could be redundant, but it's that whole thing about stepping into your power and identifying to what that is for you. When we say stepping into your own power. Um, and I think with, you know, uh, with Christina, who knows me well with being fit within, it's that whole thing, be you, be better, be fit within. That's my motto. And that really just means be you, but know that you can always be better and that choosing to be better is just going to make you more confident within yourself. And when you're more confident within yourself, everything you do and touch on the outside becomes gold. 
but you need to really tap into how to build your inner confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our lifestyle, our, our, this out external factor to make us be confident, whether it's our physical body or our aesthetics or what we wear, whatever, that isn't what's going to build your inner, your inner beauty, your confidence, you know, and that's stepping into your actual power um, because that's what really lights out into the world. So whatever healing you need, whatever you need to do to create that shift in your life that you're battling with, do it step into your power. And I know Christina has said this in many of her um, uh, Instagram posts and, and reels and stuff is, is healing is a lonely journey. It's a difficult journey, but it is the best journey you will ever go on. Because if you can actually confront your own, you are already stronger than you think. So just going on that journey is already setting you on a better path to be or find what you're truly looking for. I love that. Mm-hmm. Cole, do you want to do the last question? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to ask. That's okay. I know I was going to, I just feel like I'm probably like <laughs> taking over. <laughs> I do. Um, like, I want to ask the violence against women one too, but I feel like we're going to get into a whole other discussion. Yeah. 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 Um, no. Yeah, another, another. Just watching you know Alicia. I'll, set, I'll just, set up a workshop. I'll yeah. set up a workshop. That's how we'll address it. When Alicia Ooh. does this, I'm like, oh yeah, that's another conversation. <laughs> this is another conversation. She's crossing her arms. That's I'm crossing my arms like serious oh, business. Serious yeah. business. Yeah. It's my it's my it's my my bouncer stance. <laughs> um. Okay, so what is one piece of advice you would leave our male and or male identifying listeners with? Samantha's in speed dating. I'm interested to see what she says. Yeah. Honestly, I just think being open to learning different perspectives um, about what women need and what women are feeling and the different hats that we wear just being open to listening and you guys have repeated it like education you know what I mean like there's a lot of things that maybe they're asking these questions or or doing things that are maybe coming off the wrong way just because they they don't know right so um just open your ears a little bit listen we won't nag but just listen (laughs) I think yeah just being open I mean just being willing to to step outside of what's that saying like the most dangerous place to be is is uh or no the the worst phrase in the world is this is how we usually do it this is how we've always done it yeah this Mm -hmm. is how we've always done it thank you Mm -hmm. so I think for guys to step outside of that uh mentality like this is just how it always is and to actually listen and to actually be like willing to listen. Cause I feel like a lot of, I mean, if, if things aren't impacting you, why would you bother even thinking that you have to listen or thinking that change needs to be made? So yeah, I think, um, be willing to open your mind, be willing to listen. It'd be vulnerable as well. Like I think that, um, a lot of men don't want to be vulnerable, right? Because it goes against maybe what they were taught and how they're be, right men don't cry right so that's that's kind of how a lot of people grew up with right so just being open to uh 
feeling the feelings, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I would say, and this is kind of oddly specific, but it's something that has sort of reared its ugly head in my life in a couple of different ways. Um, there are a lot of, um, I like to call them misogynists with microphones <laughs> in the space right now. And I would just, and I, I think what makes it so insidious is that it starts out with, here's how to be a better man. Like, you know, go to the gym, read, do this, you know, um, but then right underneath that is that adversarial, it, that creation of that adversarial relationship between men and women. And I understand I'm speaking in the binary right now, but, um, and I want, I think I want men to know that these men um, in the manosphere, these red pillars, these are men that are setting up MLMs for men. They're selling you a lie to get your money. They're selling you this dichotomy between men and women, this chasm that cannot be closed, that you know, you have to be an alpha and, or you're a simp or you're like all of this language of the manosphere of this like manly man, alpha male, as soon as you hear those terms or those words run, because there are people, there are men in the space that have good advice that can help men to understand their relationships and be better partners, be better men in their own right, whether they're partnered or not. Um, I think I, I need men to understand that um, some of these people that have extremely large platforms are dangerous, dangerous people, and they don't give a shit about you. They will keep you lonely and angry as long as they can to get as much of your money and your attention as they can. They're not here for you. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's really important <laughs> to acknowledge as well. People don't realize, I think people are really attracted to like the charisma or the idea that you could potentially be, I don't know, maybe put on a pedestal like, like men like that are, but there's nothing admirable. I think about a, a lot of what some how some people choose to use their platforms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's very mm -hmm. attractive. Mm -hmm. It's very attractive. And, and it's, it, it is only setting men up and men at a critical point in their lives to be lonely and angry and, and in some cases, violent towards women. Mm -hmm. And I know you didn't want to address the violence thing, but that is something mm -hmm. there, those, those people that are, have those platforms, they are very powerful drivers of violence against women yes. and they need to be called out and they need to, you know, they need to be seen for what they are, you know, um, because a lot of it, it's like, oh, it's just, it's just male improvement. No, that's not what it is. It's disguised as that, but that's not what it is. It's misogyny and it's violence and it's adversarial and it's divisive and it's not going to do anything good for them or for the society at large. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great point.
So let's use our platforms to support women. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Any final comments before we go from anyone? Anything that uh, was left unsaid that you you really, really just want to leave our listeners with? We're so happy you're here. Oh, we're yes. happy. Yes. Yeah, I love the Sister Ooh. of the Healing. I think it's such a great, like, just a great start to what society truly needs to hear, um, specifically too, with all the different people you bring on. It's like, it's a common, we all have the, the same common goal, but it's seeing it through so many different people's experiences and expertise um, and whatever resonates with those people, you're, you know, you're helping them, you know, one healing step at a time. Cause you know, you know, me, for me, I'm all about healing. I think that this world needs a lot of healing, but it also needs to start with you. So, you know, if you expect something to change, you also need to expect that from yourself. You need to actually be the shift, you know, it comes back to being authentic if, you know, so, um, and authenticity too, I think it is thrown around, but being authentic is like truly living what you want, not just say it, you know, and, uh, um, and, and coming into the conversation and, uh, women that shy away from it being empowered, you know, to, to know that we live in a different world now and to not be afraid and, and to show up for yourself because you are the most important person and uh, women have so much value. Um, and I think without women in this world, I really don't know what this world would look like. You know, we are, Empty. The nurture we are the nurturers. We are the lovers, even though we have a lot of power, that's still our biggest power. So to me, love is still the best way to, mm -hmm. to heal this world, but we need more of it in order to surpass all of the anger and all of the violence and, and, and all of the things that are happening even in this world today. So I just keep saying love rules, but you need to feel that love within yourself first. Yeah. Well said. Definitely. Yes. Well said. Well, thank you so much to each and every one of you for joining us for this special episode and uh, happy International Women's Day. Yay! 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 Boop, boop. I love it. <laughs> happy International Women's Day, everyone. That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing or on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. We love to hear from you. So please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us today. We'll see you next time.